Welcome to the Vineyard Cleveland podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For further information and other resources, please visit vineyardcleveland.org. I think that God has a soft spot in his heart for shepherds. The scriptures are filled with this sheep and shepherd imagery. Uh, uh, Filled with the sheep and shepherd imagery. Uh, God is referred to as a shepherd in uh, the scriptures, and we, his people, are referred to as sheep. And so all through the Old Testament and all through the New Testament, there's this soft spot in God's heart for shepherds and for sheep, for both, right? And I think it's because he sees himself uh, so much in uh, who shepherds are. You know, David was called a man after God's own heart, and he also was a shepherd. When it came time to choose the new king of Israel, the prophet went to David's place, and David was nowhere to be found among the good-looking, the most athletic, uh, the most popular. David was out with the sheep, and God says, he's the one who is chosen, David is the one who's chosen. And so there's something of Jesus in that for us. David, a man after God's own heart. Uh, David, a picture, if you will, in that moment and context of Christ for us. The weak things, the younger things being chosen and raised up to shame the strong. There's something of Jesus in that. And you know, Jesus is both referred to in Scripture as a sheep and a shepherd. He's both. A lot of times we focus on the good shepherd, but we forget that Jesus uh, in Isaiah is prophesied. He, He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was like a lamb being led to to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. Jesus being prophesied here as a sheep. John the Baptist in Gospels, as Jesus is just uh, moving into uh, ministry, John sees Jesus coming down the road towards him, and he says, look, It's the Lamb of God, the one who takes away the sin of the world. And then the complete picture from the Apostle John in Revelation 7.17 is this, that the Lamb is also the shepherd. John writes this in Revelation 7.17, he says, For the Lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Through this sheep who is a shepherd, through this shepherd who is also the Lamb of God. And really at its heart in that video, the shepherd is is someone who seeks and finds that which is lost. He saves us. I found this in Ezekiel this week, and there seemed to be some fire on it, so I'm going to read it for you guys. This is Ezekiel 34, 11 through 16. 
For this is what the sovereign Lord says, I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he is with them, so I will look after my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on a day of clouds and darkness. I will bring them out from the nations and gather them from the countries, and I will bring them into their own land. I will pasture them on the mountains of Israel and in the ravines and in all the settlements in the land. I will tend them in a good pasture. And the mountain heights of Israel will be their grazing land. They will lie down in good grazing land. And there there they will feed in a rich pasture of the mountains of Israel. I myself will tend my sheep and have them lie down, declares the sovereign Lord. I will search for the lost and bring back the strays. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak. But the sleek and the strong I will destroy. I will shepherd the flock with justice. I will search for the lost and bring back the strays. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak. And I feel like that's what God wants to communicate to all of us this morning. That he's going to search for the lost. And he's going to bind up the brokenhearted this morning. In him, in his presence, the good shepherd, he'll do this. Jesus is the one who saves us. You know, we're told in Scripture, like, we're all like sheep. A lot of us, there's this, this, uh, <laughs> there's this uh, t-shirt. I don't know if you've seen it going around. Um, it says, we're not sheep, we're lions. Have you seen that? The kind of lion and sheep imagery. And I just want to say that that's a lie. We're all sheep. We all think that we're, <laughs> we're not, you are not a lion I am not a lion, we're just sheep. We really are. Uh, We all like to think of ourselves in America as these salmon who are swimming against the tide and the the current of culture. And we're all, you know, unique uh, salmon swimming up the stream. I'm not like all those other people. I'm not like, and I'm here to tell you that I'm sorry you are. (laughs) You you have a heartbeat, Uh, you're human. You, you are just like everybody else. And God sees you as special and unique in your personality and who he's created you to be. Yeah, he loves who you are infinitely, eternally, deeply. And at the same time, we're sheep. All of us are sheep. And sheep get lost, sheep follow the herd, sheep get dragged into all types of situations that aren't good for them, sheep um, eat the wrong things and get sick, sheep are not the smartest animals, they're really not. And it's tough to come to that place where you say, yeah, that's what I'm, I'm like a lot of times. And the challenge here this morning is not to stay there per se, or rather to take, take the emphasis off of ourselves and put it on the shepherd who is the master, who does know what is best for us. In all situations, Jesus knows what's best for us. And still, we are all like sheep and have gone astray. 
We make the wrong decisions. We don't think before we act or speak. We're quick to speak, slow to listen. All of these things that um, encapsulate what it means to be a sheep. We get lost. And so in Luke 15... If you guys wanted to read it with me. Jesus tells this story. Just seven little verses. And he tells this story to convey a deeper truth as the video revealed. And he says... He says this, uh, the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. Isn't that wonderful? (laughs) That tax collectors and sinners all gathered around Jesus to hear him. Sometimes the church gets in the way. Jesus loves hanging out with tax collectors and sinners. And the church gets in the way. Religious people will get in the way here in this story as well. Here we see in verse 2, all the, the religious people, they get in the way again. Verse 2, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Uh. Then Jesus told the parable, he said this, suppose one of you is a shepherd. You got a hundred sheep and you lose one of them. Does he not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who turns than over 99 righteous people who do not need to repent. Yeah, mic drop, Jesus, bring it. That's why we love Jesus, right? Right there. That's why we love Jesus. He's the good shepherd who seeks us out when we make dumb decisions, when we start going the wrong way. He's the good shepherd who seeks us out, who leaves, forsakes all of the other important things that he may have to do. All of the other important people that he may need to tend to, he leaves them all behind to seek out and save the one, you, me. That makes me fall in love with who Jesus is all over again. That he would do that. That nothing else would be more important than bringing home a sheep that's lost. It just says something so deep and passionate about the heart of God for us this morning, that he would do that. Many of us grew up without a father or with a father who was too busy, who had all these other things going on, always working, always disengaged, not emotional or emotional in the wrong direction. Very traumatic experience at the, at the hand of, of those shepherds. And Jesus is saying, he's not like that. 
He's, he's unlike any father you've ever known. He will never find anything more important than to seek and save you. To, see, to, to go and leave everything behind. Nothing is as important as bringing you home. That's in the heart of God for you this morning. Nothing is as important as bringing you home in right relationship with him. He's the good shepherd. In John 10, here, here's Jesus again speaking of himself. I tell you the truth, the man who does not enter the sheep pen by, um, by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they don't recognize his voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but they still didn't understand what he was trying to tell them. Therefore, Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd, Jesus says. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he was a hired hand and cares nothing about the sheep. I am the good shepherd, Jesus says. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Goes on to talk about sheep and other pens. He must bring them in too. And this is really about hearing the voice of the shepherd this morning for you, and you, and you, and me, to hear his voice. So much clamoring for our attention today, isn't there? Our attention is at a premium. If you can't find the product, you're it. Social media clamors for your attention, wants to turn you into the product. Everything is clamoring for attention. All the noise, all the voices. You can live stream anything you want. You can find an audience for anything you want. There's a niche for a niche for a niche. And so on and so forth. If you want to rally people to your cause, you could probably find 10 other people in the world to join that story with you. So how do we tune out the noise and tune in to the voice of the shepherd is really what this morning is all about. Listening for that still small voice who speaks the language only familiar. It's so personal, right? I don't know how God speaks to you and you don't know how God speaks to me. It's so deeply personal, but yet familiar to all of mankind. Isn't that amazing? To listen for that voice. I get chills thinking about it. To listen for that voice, that still small voice, who's been speaking that personal language with you since the day you were born. Who knows you so well 
and so intimately and so deeply more than any other person on the face of the earth to hear that voice call your name, to hear that voice bring you home. Say, come home, son. Come home, daughter. That's what we're living for. That's why we're here this morning, to hear the voice of the shepherd. He's the shepherd who gives us life. He's the shepherd who rewards as well. 1 Peter 5, 4, Peter writes, the chief, when the chief shepherd appears, when Jesus comes back, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. It's going to be worth it following the good shepherd. He's the one who gets to decide what your life measured up to become, not anybody else. Jesus is the one. Jesus is the one who separates the sheep and the goats and says, Well done, good and faithful servant. You knew me and I knew you. Jesus decides your destiny. No one else. And then there's this little thing, this little um, discourse on the beach with Jesus and one of his friends, Peter. You're familiar with it. After Jesus raises from the dead, he, um, he and Peter have a discussion. Have a little... Peter's literally having a come-to-Jesus moment. <laughs> there's nothing figurative about it. And your scriptures might say that Jesus is reinstating Peter. Peter had just denied that he even knew the man before Jesus, or as Jesus was dying, after Jesus was dead. Peter's like, I don't know the man. I don't want anything to do with him. And there they are, friends, deep friends on the beach after a fish breakfast. And Jesus asks Peter this question three times. Do you love me? And Peter's offended by it in the moment. But there's still something that needs to get worked out in Peter's heart. To get over the sense of like betraying Jesus. Or not acknowledging who Jesus is. And so Peter's like, yeah, I love you. And Jesus is like, no, really, dude. Do you love me? And Peter's like, yeah, yeah, I love you. No, Peter, do you love me? And Peter's like, stop, dude. <laughs> like that, you're hurting me now. And Jesus says, feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. And the challenge for us in that is to play the role of sheep and shepherd in our lives too, right? There's all people in your life who God has invited you into relationship with, to care for them, to give an encouraging word, to pray for them, to cook them dinner, to mend relationships. And Jesus says to you and to me this morning, feed my sheep. And in that, Peter is reinstated, yes. We're good, we're good, yeah, we're good, we're good. And then Jesus pieces out, he sends and Peter is hung upside down on a cross some years later for the name of Jesus. For carrying the gospel. For expressing this love that's bubbled up in his heart. 
He's martyred. He's killed. I don't think, figuratively, I don't think that this happens if that conversation doesn't happen between him and Jesus. No way. There's something of the care of the shepherd for Peter and saying, now you feed my sheep. That enables Peter to go to the end of his life carrying the good news, staying faithful, caring for other people. That's just amazing. Hebrews 13, Now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you, will, uh, that you may do his will, working in us that, uh, that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. He created us for worship, Psalm 79, but we, your people, the sheep of your pasture, will give thanks to you forever. From generation to generation, we will recount your praise. We were created for worship. This is what we were created for, and we worship what we behold. And so this morning, we want to behold the Good Shepherd. All of the ways that he's been faithful to you over the course of your life, you've set up as mile markers with God. I know that you were faithful back then. There's no other explanation that I could have lived through that, that this relationship could have been mended, that I am where I am today without the saving help of God. And you set them up as mile markers. And this morning is about remembering those mile markers, but also it's about not fearing the future. Because when the future is led by the good shepherd, we don't have anything to worry about. There is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear. And it's the perfect love of the good shepherd who's leading us this morning.